What is the role of the Department of Education? And has it worked over the years? And is there some other purpose of the Department of Education? This is Randy Osborne with Worldview Truth. Worldview Truth. The Federal Department of Education was created in October of 1979 when Congress passed the Department of Education Organizational Act. It was actually created by combining offices from several federal agencies, and it actually began in May of 1980. According to the Department of Education's website, its mission is to promote student achievement and preparation for global competitiveness by fostering educational excellence and ensuring equal access. In 1980, when President Reagan took over office, he had vowed to abolish the Department of Education um, right after its inception, but it encountered stiff, stiff resistance in Congress. It was unsuccessful. As most government agencies, the Department of Education has morphed into something that it totally was not its purpose, or maybe it was. A few years ago, when I was fighting Common Core, and it was a national effort to push Common Core into all schools, it was actually imposed by the federal government. And what happened was that the federal government was offering grant money, was offering funds to states if they would implement the Common Core standards. Well, Common Core standards were not just a group of standards that the federal government was trying to impose upon the states, but it was also over 400 data points that the federal government and federal agencies uh, were warning on students and on teachers. Some of this data that the federal government was imposing was actually uh, funding uh, computers for hardware and equipment for psychometric data collection. And it was proposed by the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Technology and the National Center for Education Statistics. Some of this information that the federal government was wanting was very sensitive uh, data. It was including bus stop information, blood type, parental income, psychological parameters. And these psychological parameters were things such as mindsets, learning strategies, effort for control, attributes, dispositions, social skills, attitudes, interpersonal resources. And it also included political information or political mindsets. And my question is this, what does that have to do with education? Why does the federal government want that information and using the Department of Education and our children to get that kind of information? Perhaps education is not the end game that the federal, federal government has on their purpose of having the Department of Education, how they're using it. Let me ask this question, is this as a parent that you want the federal government to have on your student and yourself? Is this the kind of information that the federal government needs to help aid the states to educate children? People always say that anytime the federal government gets involved in just about anything, it diminishes um, the purpose, the ability, and the objectives of whatever the federal government gets involved in. And education is one of those. In fact, Normally, and, and what has happened is, specifically with Common Core Standards, when the federal government got involved in that, 
Um, it, it decreased the academic quality of education. And what also um, the federal government has done in the way of the Department of Education is they have pushed education without representation, without local control, without state um, and county boards um, having any say-so over a lot of the education aspects. Um, the loss of control, um, they're obviously involved in data tracking that has nothing to do with education. And then lastly, what it's also done and is doing is it's ensnaring uh, private and homeschool education um, because of some of the standards and the requirements of data collection. Anytime you hear private-public sector or private-public agreements, anytime you hear that, that should be a red flag to you. And let me explain why. The federal government and some state agencies have used private organizations uh, to do their dirty work. Student data collection is a good example of this. Because of loopholes in federal and state legislation, what happens is vendors and agencies are gathering information on students that it's not based on improving education or outcomes whatsoever, but instead it's collecting data to sell um, on a private um, sector or also um, that same information is fed into data systems of the federal government. Now, the question I would have is, why does the federal government want that kind of information on people? Did the framers of our Constitution um, actually have any intention that our federal government was going to be in the homes and the lives of our parents and our students to the level that they've done this? And the answer I would say is absolutely not. In fact, many of the points of the Constitution was to protect intrusion and protect the privacy of the citizens. Just as a side note, we've seen in recent times where Google and places like Twitter organizations have actually um, gotten private information from citizens and has sold it to the federal government. Well, the Federal Department of Education is no different because what they're doing is they're taking and using states, local organizations, and they're using other vendors to mine information to feed it to the federal government. And I would just ask a question, maybe they would do that to an effect election maybe? Or how about maybe they would find a particular area and location of the country that they may want to feed illegal immigrants in to change a political party? Surely they wouldn't do that. So there are federal laws such as FERPA and other laws that protect students' data and from the federal government for mining that information. So basically what they'll do is they'll go to a private organization and they'll get the same information, but they'll get the private organization to do it instead of um, actually having it directed toward the federal government. And also, I might want to uh, add this. What happens is when federal law prevents something um, from the federal government or protects the citizens from um, federal intrusion or state intrusion, what usually the government would normally do is they will use money as an incentive or perhaps blackmail 
um, to a state to get the information that they want. Uh, for example of this, Common Core was done in this manner. Basically, what, the way Common Core worked was the federal government offered um, grant money to the states if they would enact or impose the Common Core standards within their state. The federal government has done this on numerous incidents. Another example, um, as we're getting ready to t discuss, is how that the federal government is trying to influence higher education. This is Randy Osborne, and we'll be right back. Worldview Truth. This is Randy Osborne. I want to introduce to you a new podcast called Worldview Truth. Worldview Truth discusses conservative issues and battles that are important to you that you will not hear on mainstream media. Please follow, like, and share Worldview Truth with Randy Osborne. Thank you, and God bless. Worldview Truth. On June 22nd, 2023, that's just a few days ago, Governor Ron DeSantis and Attorney General Ashley Moody sued the Biden administration over its attempt to undercut Florida's national leading higher education reforms. And these are reforms that through last legislative session that was passed and signed by the governor. I'm going to go ahead and read a quote from Governor DeSantis office regarding this. Florida has ranked number one in the nation for higher education, yet the U.S. Department of Education has unconstitutionally collaborated with accreditation bodies to try to block the governor's efforts to bring increased transparency and accountability to public colleges and university. This lawsuit, which he's referring to one that the state of Florida has just sued the Department of Education over, seeks to strip private, unaccountable accreditors of their authority to stand in the way of Florida's higher education reforms. So what's happening is the federal government is using some of these accrediting agencies uh, to penalize states that are not um, in compliance with the standards that the federal government wants to impose. For example, um, in this case, in the state of Florida, what the federal government has done is they are actually um, basically threatening the state that they will pull grants from universities in the state of Florida if the universities don't conform to these private accrediting agencies' ideologies and political philosophies. Within the context or the content of the lawsuit, this is one of the points that was brought out. Florida's post-secondary institution accreditor, the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commission on Colleges, also known as SACS, routinely welds its power to interfere with the sovereign prerogatives of Florida and other states. For example, Sachs recently threatened the accreditation of Florida State University merely because FSU was considering the state's commissioner of education for the university president. And by the way, the state's commissioner of education was a conservative Republican. 
The result is that these private accredited agencies, i.e. SACs, is enjoying limitless power over state institutions. And when these accrediting agencies suggest that an institution is violating accreditation standards, it suggests that it carries out the clout of the federal government. The suit goes on to say this, Congress has succeeded or ceded unchecked power to private accredited agencies to dictate education standards to colleges and universities and has forbidden the U.S. Department of Education from meaningful review, approving, or rejecting those standards. And it goes on to say this, what making matters worse, Congress has given accreditors broad power to apply their own standards to colleges and universities subject only to limited judicial review. Accreditation standards are not advisories or optional. Rather, it's in all post-secondary institutions must be accredited by a recognized accrediting agency to be eligible for any federal fund program for higher education. And then they cite a U.S. code for that. And in DeSantis' suit, he goes on to say that private accredited agencies are basically gatekeepers to a $112 billion annual federal student aid program, basically saying that they can cut the spigot off, open and close it at will, and they, that's how the federal government is basically controlling state institutions. So last legislative session, the state passed a bill and the government signed it into law that would require all post-secondary institutions to change accrediting agencies every five years. And the purpose of that is to keep these private organizations, accrediting agencies, from usurping control over state public institutions. So the Biden administration sent a letter uh, to Florida's Department of Education saying, oh, wait, wait, you can't do that. You must show reasonable cause to change accreditors. You can't just arbitrarily, as a standard, change these accreditors. So here's the problem with these accrediting agencies. These accrediting agencies can pretty much dictate anything and it would put the institution at risk of losing their accreditation. For example, they could demand that, um, that a student must be required to have uh, so many diversity training uh, classes or credits before they can graduate. They can also go into... Um, that they must have so many diversity uh, professors, or they also could control the tenure, whereas the state um, legislation has passed um, laws now that would limit the tenure of a professor so that they could be terminated. There are numerous things that these accredited agencies have usurped their power over state institutions. And this is basically what this piece of legislation has said, is we want the colleges to be able to, every five years, not just be able to, but are required by law every five years to change these accrediting agencies. This is why the Biden administration sent the letter to Department of Education in the state of Florida, um, threatening the state of Florida, if you are to enact this new law that the state has that now has, that what they would do is we would, you would be at risk at losing not just the accreditation, but you'd be losing 
um, the federal funding, the federal student aid that these colleges and universities receive. This lawsuit basically has implied within the context of it that the federal government and these private organizations are basically making law without Congress, and they're imposing it on a sovereign state, which is, in this case, the state of Florida. It also cited in the lawsuit, I believe, North Carolina, uh, with another incident that uh, SACS, this accredited agency, um, has imposed um, and has basically bullied that state into compliance. Um, and it appears by the wishes of the federal government. I'm going to go ahead and read from the uh, DeSantis website, uh, basically a little bit more information about what they're doing. And it says this, quote, For a college and university to fully operate in the United States with access to federal student loans, it must be accredited by federally approved private accrediting bodies known as accreditors. Last year, Governor DeSantis signed legislation that requires colleges and universities to seek accreditation from different accreditors in consecutive accreditation cycles, which is five years, like I mentioned earlier. Prior to that legislation, accredited agencies had a monopoly on Florida colleges and universities and were able to control their operations by threatening to withhold accreditation if an institution didn't adhere to the ideological agenda promoted by its accreditor. The U.S. Department of Education responded to this legislation with three guidance documents expressly aimed at Florida, including a Dear Colleague letter, which reiterated the standards the agency would apply to determine whether an institution has reasonable cause to change accreditors. State law requires over half of Florida's uh, public colleges and, and universities to change accreditors in the next two years. Their ability to do so is substantially burdened, if not entirely prevented, by the Biden administration's abuse of the current accreditation scheme. The lawsuit announced today asserts that the federal government's current accreditation scheme is plainly and unlawful under the private non-delegation doctrine, which holds that federal power can be welded only by the federal government and private entities may do so only if they are subordinate to an agency, as well as their constitutional provisions and federal laws. And it goes on to say this, Governor DeSantis will now allow federal, Florida's public colleges and universities to be held hostage by accreditors that are unaccountable to the people of Florida. By doing away with this unconstitutional intrusion into public higher education, this lawsuit will free more states in the union to follow Florida's successful higher education blueprint and allow their students to thrive. What we're seeing is not only in K through 12 education, but now we're seeing it in higher education that these public universities, colleges and universities have turned into not an educational institution, but literally indoctrination camps. And now these indoctrination camps are being literally influenced by the Federal Department of Education, which when it was created, there was nothing, nothing in the guidelines of the Federal Department of Education that had any control over state and local 
um, educational institutions. But this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing happening. And I would urge you as, as a consumer, beware of what's happening in our institutions. They are literally indoctrination camps. You have professors that are anti-American, anti-free market. They're more into teaching diversity training than education. If you don't believe me, listen to this. This is a Berkeley law professor. Her name is Kira Bridges. And she is in a testimony with Senator Josh Haley. Listen to this. Uh, Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue, it's a... We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender p- uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? So we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think (laughs) women can get pregnant. So you are denying that trans people exist? And that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Or are they also treated like this? No, no, no. They're they're told that they're opening up people to violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot just in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. This kind of stuff is going on in universities and colleges across the United States. Here's another example. Penn State professor has singled out a white student during a lecture, and this is on a YouTube video, claiming that his white skin gives him advantages over a black classmate, i.e. white privilege. And then we have the education secretary, Cardona. This is actually a hearing with Congressman Burgess Owens. I'll give you just a little background on Congressman Burgess Owens. Um, he is a black man. He's an NFL Um, retired NFL player, but he's also a scientist. He has uh, numerous degrees in chemistry, and uh, he is in a hearing now discussing with Education Secretary Cardona. I want you to hear what he says and what Education Secretary Cardona says. There's another law, law, Law of Gravity. And I know that the Biden administration believes in executive orders, but let me just ask you this, based on equity, is it possible to change the law of gravity so blacks no longer are impacted by it? I'm the answer is no. I'm not sure, Okay, sir, no, no, let, well, let me just say that my, my point is this. Oh. The law of gravity is one of God's laws. It's not gonna change because we wish it so. Right. It's based on predictability. Now, I was a top athlete in high school. I went to the University of Miami All-American, played in the NFL All-Pro, it was based on the fact, as a man, there's certain things we can predict about me, my chromosomes, DNA, hormones, 
muscle mass, bone mass, would you say it would be fair for me any time during this process from high school until 30 years old that I had a chance to box or wrestle with your daughter, competing with your daughter? Thank you, uh, Congressman. I think I understand now the line of questioning that you're getting to. Uh, let me just be very clear here. Well, it's, now it's the my... question, I, 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 don't, I want to make sure I have just a few, okay. few minutes here. The question is, would that be fair for me with what I just described as a man, because I, I, I decided I want to change myself to being a woman, that I can now compete against your daughter? Yeah, it's my responsibility and my privilege to make okay. sure that all students all right. have access. Let me just say this. Let me, I'm sorry. Please just bear with me. Would you say, as an 18-year-old young man, that if me and some of my homeboys decided we wanted to be women, would it be okay for your daughter for me to go into your daughter's bathroom to expose myself because I felt I was a woman? Would that be fair to your daughter? Uh, Congressman, I, and by I the way, I have, by, the, by the way, I have five daughters, so I am very passionate about the questions I ask you right now, and I would think it would be no question in your mind as a father what these answers should be. There should not be hemming and hawing about this. this Congressman, this, there's, nothing, your now. there's nothing in our proposed Title IX regulations that uh, determine how bathrooms should be used. Okay, okay, all right, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. There's, there's something here I want to share with everybody. Sure. Um, <clears throat> it's called the Cloward Pivot Strategy. Something put in place back in 1966, and I hope Americans really pay attention to this. Uh, it was uh, two Marxists uh, from Columbia, the goal was very simply to, to, pro, to propose a, and by the way, this time when the Democrats owned the House, Senate, and, and administration, propose a, 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 to create a crisis in the current welfare system that would ultimately bring about its collapse and replace it with a system of guaranteed annual income, which is Marxism. They hoped to accomplish this by informing the poor blacks, poor black Americans, of their rights to welfare and assistance, encourage them to apply for benefits, in effect overloading the already overburdened local and national bureaucracy. Uh, would you agree to use misery as a political strategy is the essence of evil? Uh, Congressman, I'm, I'll be very pleased to share how our budget is going to help I'm our not, students. No, I'm, I'm right now I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm talking about using misery to get an agenda across. Is that evil? Sir, I'll, I'll, say this. I'll say, let me just say this, uh, it is. By the way, the results of this, uh, this is uh, 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 winning to the race, create gener the, created this effort of Cloven Previn, created generations of black people for whom working for a living was an, is an attraction. I came through a community in which we led the country in the growth of middle class, men matriculated from college, men committed to marriage. This is what did us in. Political, progressive policies that hurt our kids. I want to place the record. 23 schools in Baltimore have zero proficiency in math. And I would, I would bet you, if your child was in these schools here, you wouldn't sit around and say it's okay to leave them there. You'd do ever, whatever you had to do, regardless of your income. You would take two or three, four jobs. Poor people have the same love for their kids as, as elitists. This was a hearing resulted from the United States Department of Education, the Biden administration, using the Department of Education and Title IX, which was an anti-discriminatory um, law, and they were using it, uh, quite frankly, for allowing biological males and biological females to decide what sex they may be and choose the bathroom that they 
um, would want to go into. And as the Department of Education, the Secretary of Education basically said there's no policy on that. That's absolutely not true. I've even sent a letter from the Biden administration that actually threatened schools and universities to comply with this um, or they could lose any type of financial funding. We have a lot to work to do as Americans. And if we as parents do not start getting involved in our children's education, not just K through 12, but also in our colleges and universities, um, we are going to pay a price. We already are paying that price because now we have a bunch of woke professors in these institutions of higher learning that are indoctrinating our students. I would highly, highly suggest that you as a parent start looking at other education options, but not the public universities. I do appreciate what the state of Florida is doing and the fight that they're doing on trying to curb this. But you as parents are responsible for your children's education. If you as a parent are funding your child's college education, you as a parent need to get involved in that and make sure that your child isn't being indoctrinated into socialistic ideologies because we are going to lose our country if you as parents don't get involved and start stopping this. This is Randy Osborne. Until next time, God bless. Worldview Truth. 